episode 118 in the actor's room. Welcome back. My name's Jeff Tarowski. This week, we continue talking about Mr. Pitt. And Brad, I was a little tough on you last week. I was. Apologies. I hope you accept them. The research I did last week, I didn't like some of the things you did. Hey, we're human, right? This week, my research turned it around. Although there are issues with Pitt I don't approve of, I think he's a good man. And we'll talk more about him in the actor's room. So sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy the show. turn right okay and then you go and you keep driving and you keep driving oh brad that clip is from true romance written by quentin tarantino and if you know the film and you know that scene and you know that role it's one of my personal favorites of brad is when he played the stoner michael rapaport's roommate Lloyd. Lloyd is a great character on his resume early in his career. This came out in 1993. He's taking a hit off of a bear that had honey in it. Well, there's no more honey in it. He made it into a bowl, smoking pot out of it. And it looks like he's really smoking pot. Brad Pitt loved marijuana loved it he loved to drink too we'll get into that later but let's talk about Lloyd and that character (laughs) he's taking he's ripping a good one out of that bear and he starts choking on it he's laughing about it because he's completely high and he has to be faced with giving directions to gangsters he knows something fishy is going on With his roommate and the roommate's friends. And he has to give directions to a bunch of gangsters standing around him. And he's, like I said, very high. Very high. And he's trying to, you know, oh, the street, yeah. And he's pointing here, he's pointing there. And he's laughing. He offers the bear 
to the gangsters. Would you like a hit? They show a gun and he's like, okay. It's a good, it's a great scene. True romance. Great movie. Brett Pitt is such a great example of improv acting gone good. <laughs> he, impri- he improvised all of his lines. He improved all his lines. He improvised all of his lines. That's all Brad. That was Brad. Brad was a stoner. He smoked weed every day for about two decades. And I'm talking about Brad Pitt here, for real. The man. There wasn't many days that went by. Brad Pitt wasn't intoxicated. It doesn't look that way in his acting. I guess he was really good at hiding it. Or just being a professional. (laughs) Uh, That will come later too. We'll talk about all that stuff. Near the end. So stay tuned to find out more about Brad's, uh, uh, not demons, but vices. Just like everybody else. Brad had them too. Uh, True Romance talked about it. Uh, He did a film before that. Right before that. We got to talk about. It's called California. David Duchovny stars in it as well. Michelle Forbes. And of course, Juliet Lewis. They hook up again. They're not going out anymore. Because Juliet grew up. Oh, don't Brad. <laughs> well, she wasn't 16 anymore, Brad. I'm going to rip you on that one. Sir? Sir? I don't like it. And if Juliet Lewis comes up, I'm going to reference that, Brad. A low point, sir. You know it, I know it. A low point. But Juliet Lewis is in this film as well. And Brad Pitt plays a serial killer. And he looks like it. He acts like it. You can smell the stink from the screen coming off this guy. The accent is dead on. He snorts. (laughs) He snorts in the film regularly. He's not only a leading man on his way. But he's a character actor. California, check it out. Any other notes about California? He's believable, I put. He plays unattractive in this one very well. And I mentioned that he snorted. He snorts like this. (laughs) Next up on the list in a very interesting film to talk about with Brad Pitt and his acting. And a lot of people actually love this movie. Interview with a Vampire. And the year was 1994. Pitt himself. Has made it very clear. How much he despised this movie. And before I knew that little fact. I felt that his acting in this movie. Was so bad. You could tell he walked through this. With just no respect at all. For the film. And it was plain as day to me. And when I found out he had issues with this film, I wasn't surprised. Um, If there's a slight towards Pitt in his acting, and the way he 
treats some projects just on a professional level uh, is not good. Just because you are unhappy with the project, you don't walk through it. Um, And as many great performances as Pitt will give, and he does, he's top notch. He doesn't give it his all every time. If he feels something is not right either with the script, he doesn't like a director, or just the overall feel of a picture. If he feels slighted at all. If the weather isn't treating him well. (laughs) Or the makeup and all that stuff. I'm talking about everything. Kind of put all together. Well, that's what happened with this film. And he complained a lot. And it showed. I mean, think of Pitt's acting in here. Really take a look at it the next time you see it. Or just thinking back to it. If you've seen it once or twice. I mean, Tom Cruise acts circles around Pitt. Tom Cruise gave a fucking phenomenal performance as Lestat. It should have been done by Daniel Day-Lewis. He bowed out. Cruise took over. Anne Rice, the writer of this book, novel, found out Tom Cruise was doing Lestat and she threw a fit. She's thinking, no way. He's going to ruin that role. He's going to fuck up the movie. I mean, she was okay with Pitt before it all started. And then when she saw the final product... Realized that Tom Cruise kicked ass. <laughs> and he did. And Brad Pitt snoozed his way through this. She was surprised. She thought it would be the other way around. Or that Cruise would give a corny performance. Which is possible. You just don't know. But we're talking about Tom Cruise here. He had it. He had it. <laughs> uh, one of the greats of all time. As far as performances go. Tom Cruise. An interview with the vampire. Note about this one too River Phoenix comes up again He was supposed to play Christian Slater's part in the film Uh, River died I believe a month before filming And Christian Slater took the role And donated his paycheck To a couple of River Phoenix's foundations So props to Christian Slater Props to Tom Cruise (laughs) Uh, Props to Antonio Banderas Who is in this as well He did a fine job, but not props to Mr. Pitt. He was off. He just didn't want to be there, and it showed. And a big uh, uh, X for me. X. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Moving on from interview. Legends of the Fall, 1994. He rebounds with a big hit. Personally, it's a it's a cheesy, fluffy movie, and he's you know shirtless, sexy. Uh, after this, he becomes a huge sex symbol. Big role. He's off, you know, uh, r- r- galloping around, looking all sexy, hair flowing, uh, rippled muscles, all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. The movie was popular. Okay, the Wow Factor, other stars in there. Uh, Julia Armand, uh, they're rolling around in the hay, and blah, 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 blah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And uh, Brad Pitt is now a big star. This is when he just soared. He soared. Uh, although he wasn't very fond of this movie. He did a fine job. Um, he looked good, right? 
and uh, blew the doors off of the competition as far as uh, hunky men at that time. He was the guy. Here comes Brad. So Brad was very concerned about his next project. He knew that it, it had to be interesting and good. He wanted to prove he could be more than a flowy-haired, chiseled uh, Tristan, was it? In Legends of the Fall. He knew he was more than that. And he is. For the next film, he did it. He found a project that suited him. The project had Morgan Freeman and Kevin Spacey. Seven. 1994. What do you think of this flick? Did you like it? I did. In my recollection of going to the theater to view this movie back in 1994. Went with my buddy. We smoked a big blunt before we went in there. And I was stoned for the first 20-25 minutes. Everything was in slow motion. I'll never forget that. Uh, all the, from the opening scene, <laughs> 25 minutes later, I was on, uh, not on planet Earth. I was in the clouds. And I enjoyed this flick. Uh, what is it about this movie that's so good? Is it because it's dark? Okay. People like dark movies. They do. Is it the performances? Yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman? I guess Brad Pitt said working with Morgan Freeman was a kick. Morgan Freeman was such a professional. And he's been doing it for a long time. And even in 1994, he was already just a seasoned vet, as far as actors go, uh, doing a film. And the way he got into character, Brad would watch him between takes, sleeping in his chair. He would not off take a power nap in between scenes. He'd be in a deep sleep snoring, and then an assistant would come, knock on his door, or... Just, I mean, I guess Brad said that he would fall asleep right there on set in front of everybody, not even in his trailer. And boom, he'd wake up. He'd just wake up and go, we're okay, where, where am I supposed to be? That's a professional, taking naps in between scenes to keep himself fresh. Notes on this film, which is a phenomenal film. During the chase scene, where Pitt is chasing John Doe, which is Kevin Spacey, in the rain. Uh, they made it very real. And Pitt was just flying around corners and flying into cars. His arm went through a windshield on a car. And it really went through there. He hurt his arm so badly with the cuts from the glass that when he uh, showed his cut to the director, the director said he saw bone and nearly passed out. And they played the cut, the injury, into the film. If you remember, Brad Pitt has a sling on in some of the movie. Yes, his co-star, Gwyneth Paltrow, in the movie. They were dating at the time. Pitt really does like to date his co-stars. And might as well bring up his beef with Weinstein. At this time, was wi uh, widely known. Weinstein was a piece of shit a long time ago. And Brad made it known. He did not appreciate him. Uh, because of the way he treated Gwen in the past. Gwen had mentioned uh, how much of a dick Weinstein was. And Pitt didn't kick his, 
<laughs> I kick his ass. Should have kicked his ass. But he didn't kiss his ass. I think Brad was done kissing ass after a certain point. He made it. He was on top. And he didn't have to do that anymore. So he didn't kiss Weinstein's ass. Good for Brad. And he stuck up for his woman. And of course, it'll come up later on about Weinstein and the abuse that he gave a lot of women uh, actresses in the business. An A1 piece of shit. But I'm going to tell you this. He's not the only piece of shit in Hollywood. He was just one of them. And why is it that he got found out about? I mean, he was up there. Pretty elite in the business. I'm thinking he pissed somebody off. Weinstein pissed off the wrong person. Don't do that. And he did. Brad believes that Seven is the most perfect film he ever made. And he felt that it was an escape from his Legends of the Fall performance. He had kind of get that taste out of his mouth. Seven million dollar paycheck in this movie. Getting some nice bank. Took 55 days to shoot. Which I think is not that long. It looked like it was uh, a project that took some time. But 55 days I don't think is a long time. Pitt expresses uh, his respect for Kevin Spacey in his performance. I wonder what Brad Pitt felt about Spacey's behavior on set. I'm not sure when Spacey became a tyrant. He may not have been a tyrant just yet. Just cocky. I think Brad was cocky and respected his uh, ethics in front of the camera. Uh, I don't know about off camera. We'd love to know about that now. I'm sure he agrees with anybody that has a brain that Spacey too is a piece of garbage. Boy, Weinstein and Spacey and Seven. Great movie, but eh, you know, working with some uh, suspect company. And uh, Brad wasn't happy with one of the last scenes in the movie. If you remember the car ride out to the site uh, with Freeman, Pitt, and Spacey in the car. Uh, they had wrapped up shooting in the scene. Brad and everybody was very happy with the scene. And then they had to redo it. Something went wrong with the sound. So they were sort of rushed to redo the scene. So they did it again. And Brad was not happy with how it turned out. I think it went well. I think that Brad's performance all the way through that movie, including this, the car ride scene, was very well done. You can only imagine what it was like that they did the first time. If Brad felt the, uh, the second time was shit, can you imagine what uh, was flushed and how good that was. All those great performances that are on the cutting room floor. The ending. The brilliant ending. Well, I don't know if it's brilliant, but it's pretty fucking good. Uh, the depth that Brad Pitt went into to do that scene. Not bad. And in the original script... Morgan's Freeman's character was supposed to be the one to shoot John Doe, which was Kevin Spacey. Brad said that's not going to work. Listen to me. I should shoot him. I think Brad just wanted to shoot Spacey. They changed the ending for him. And it makes sense. Brad knows what he's doing. He's not only an actor. He understands the text and he understands the story. His ending 
worked. And he wasn't afraid to voice his opinion. I wonder if you'll ever direct. So I looked it up. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, he does a lot of producing. This is, of course, Pitt. And I didn't know that. I know that he dabbled in producing. But I didn't quite know <laughs> how many projects Brad Pitt has produced. It's incredible. And I wondered if he directed. And no, no directing. He doesn't want to direct. Never. <laughs> well, never say never, Brad. But as of right now, Brad Pitt says he will never direct. Too much responsibility. He'll never do it. Give it some time, Brad. You never know. In your 60s, you could want to direct. I mean, you're doing well with acting, of course. And you like producing. Those are not easy things, especially the producing part. He likes to produce, obviously. He likes that power. But maybe he just doesn't want to get his hands dirty, like the directing aspect. I, I, I can get that. That's a lot of responsibility. A lot on your plate being a director. And Pitt says, not for me. Ay, 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 this movie. 1996. Sleepers. Have you seen Sleepers? It's about child molestation. So not a real pick-me-up type of film. Robert De Niro's in it. Jason Patrick's in it. Kevin Bacon. It's a pretty good cast. Bruno Kirby as well. And the kid actors in the movie did really well too. Gotta give all those kids props. Brad Renfro plays a young Brad Pitt. And one of my favorites is uh, Perino. Joe Perino. Uh, We've been in contact a few times. He's a great guy. So I asked him about his experience working with Pitt in the movie. Now, Joe really didn't work with Pitt that much in film. Joe played the young kid, sort of the past of Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, and the like. But he was on set with Brad. And I was like, yes, finally somebody that not only has met Brad, but actually worked with him. Joe Perino was on set with Mr. Pitt. And Joe says he's a great guy. He's very professional and down to earth. So we have firsthand account of what Brad Pitt is like on set in 1996 on the set of Sleepers. Good man. Professional. Down to earth. There you go. Little sneak peek. And uh, I got first-hand knowledge of it. That's what I wanted. Last week, I couldn't find it. <laughs> this week, I did. And I like that. And Joe was not the only one that said good things about Pitt. Someone else in the business told me that he's never heard anything bad about Brad Pitt in Hollywood. So there you go. I was wrong about Mr. Pitt in that way. Now he's got demons. We'll talk about that later on. But as a a professional on the set, uh, he's a good guy to work with. And that's all I wanted to know about that. So there you go. Sleepers, though. Have you seen Sleepers? And what do you think about it? It's dark. And it's about priests and kids and, you know, all that garbage. It's a powerful film. And I remember it being kind of a big deal back then. 
Uh, but overall, I give it a strong six, I guess. <laughs> and now we're moving on to the next one that's worse, actually. The Devil's Own, and that was in 1997. He stars alongside Harrison Ford. And I want to clear up the rumor that Ford and Pitt did not get along on set. That's untrue. Uh, it was just frustration bubbling over because of the writing. Plain and simple. The writing was bad. It was changed. It was a strong script in the beginning. They fucked with it. Pitt was very pissed about it. And when he went on set to do this movie, it was not a good experience for him. He wanted out. Another film he wanted out on, they wouldn't let him. They said it would be uh, a $20 million hit and it would come out of his pocket. So he stayed. <laughs> All right. Uh, notes about The Devil's Own. Uh, I said it was an okay picture. I watched it. It was okay. Uh, you could tell the writing was off and the concept was failing as they were shooting it. Pitt says they were changing things every day. And when you're doing that and it's not going in the right direction, if you're changing something and it's going in the right direction, that's one thing. And people know what the hell they're doing. But when you're changing things and it's going in the toilet and everybody's frustrated, you just can't wait for the shoot to be over. And that's how this one panned out. Other notes. Uh, things got so bad, uh, Brad wanted to leave. And I'm repeating myself. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Brad was actually attacked while preparing for the role in West Belfast. Uh, he was attempting to perfect his Irish accent in Belfast and was attacked, hurt. By the way, his accent, Irish one, was bad. Very in and out. Next, seven years in Tibet, 1997. Brad Pitt is busy, he's banging out movies. This one was not that good. Disappointed, I put. His Australian accent. Australian. Austrian. <laughs> Australian, not Australian. Austrian. He tried to do an Austrian accent and failed miserably. It's embarrassing, Brad. I hate to say it, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> like he's listening. But Brad Pitt. Did a horrible job perfecting an Austrian accent. Not Australian. <laughs> Not down under next to a kangaroo. No. Austrian. Deep, thick accent. Deep fail. It's embarrassing, I put, because he is in and out of that accent. Not Good. I mean, I I was going to say something really just I stopped myself because I like Pitt very much, but it's so hard to pull off accents. And you have to be so dedicated to that accent. And I could tell he was in a way, but I guess he's just not good at the whole accent thing. I mean, his real accent comes through. And you can't do that. I mean, you just... yeah. At that point, the director's got to be like, okay, folks, we're done. We're done. We're wrapping it up. Brad can't nail the accent. Let's do something else. Okay, this I like about Pitt. Here we go. He was asked about the China 
Tibet problem. This is a political problem back in 1997. And of course, reporters are going to chew his ear off about political bullshit he knows nothing about. So this was his reply. He says, (laughs) I quote, he says, who cares what the hell I think about China? I'm an actor. I'm a grown ass man that puts on makeup. End quote. How right he is. Uh, uh, no actor. Big or small. <laughs> Skinny or fat. Good or bad. Should be giving us advice about political issues. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. This guy actually has a brain. You know what? I'll take that back. I don't want to insult uh, other actors going around all their political bullshit. They have brains. okay. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something they don't have. Common sense. Brad seems to have common sense. Thank you, Brad. Right? I, I don't give a shit what a great actor feels about politics. And my mind is not going to change with their views. Is it going to change your view about politics? If Brian Cranston gets up and starts crying about whatever the hell he's going to cry about, I really don't care. De Niro too. Bobby, De Niro. <laughs> Just act, buddy. Do what you do best. That's acting. Brad knows that, and I like that. Next project. One of his finest... Uh, one of the finest movies ever made, too. Fight Club. The year. 1999. I saw this in New York City. Fell in love with it. Pleasantly surprised. I didn't think I would uh, love it. It was overhyped. And, and most of the time, when there's overhypedness, there's disappointment. Not with this one. This movie's got a lot to say. I'm not going to get too much into it. Because I want to de- dedicate a whole episode to Fight Club. It deserves it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of hidden messages in this movie. It's detailed. And we'll get more into that. In depth. Fight Club. His performance. Perfect. Him and Edward Norton. Tremendous chemistry. Am I right? The premise. So... Out there. But it worked. A fight club movie. Fight club. They fight. They bloody themselves up. They feel good about it. There's more to it. uh, Of course with society and all that stuff. And uh, it's just a pleasure to watch it. Pitt says he did not want his parents to see this movie. And I don't think they have. He told them don't watch it. (laughs) I don't want you to watch it. Please, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, he cares what his parents think. It's such a good movie, though. I'd want my parents to see it. <laughs> he didn't think it was right for him. And when he showed him the scene where he kisses his hand, the lip burn scene, he showed him that. And they said, okay, Brad, we believe you. We won't watch it. And Brad also says that he keeps in touch with his grandfather. Uh, during this time as well, checking in on him. And the one time he called his grandfather, said, hey, how's it going? And they're talking. 
And Brad was talking about his success and being an actor. And his grandfather says, that's great. He said, Brad, we watched your movie the other day. And Brad was excited to get some uh, input from his grandfather. And he can hear his grandfather in the background talking to his grandmother. <laughs> Say, what was the movie we watched with Bradley's in? And then the grandfather came back to the phone and said, oh, yeah, the one I didn't like. <laughs> Even his grandfather was just that sort of guy. (laughs) And an interesting thought about Brad is his family really isn't into film. They're not into that. But he is. So he didn't grow up in a family that was big into the arts. That was just something that he found interesting. Um, I think that's rare. I think a lot of families sort of uh, have that atmosphere around them. That artistic atmosphere. Um, Brad didn't. And his family really doesn't give a shit. (laughs) I wonder about how his family feels about his uh, sex symbol status and all that. (laughs) I wonder if they frown upon it. You know, him walking around shirtless a lot. And all these women, you know, drooling over him. I wonder if his dad thinks it's all silly. And his mom just sort of... That's just disgusting, Bradley. My mom, my own mom, doesn't think that Brad Pitt is attractive. I was so stunned by that. I remember when Pitt was at the height of his sexiness. My mom didn't see the big deal. She's a Mel Gibson girl. uh, Girl. Yeah. She likes Mel. Mel's right up her alley. Brad, not. (laughs) She didn't really see the big deal about Pitt. All right, moving on. Pitt and Norton were drunk a lot during filming, and they had a few drunk scenes, so it worked out quite well. Ear-punching scene is real. The director took Pitt, I'm sorry, the director took Norton aside before the scene started. Told Norton, we want you to hit Brad, we want you to hit him hard, and don't tell him where you're going to hit him. So it was a surprise for everybody, I guess. Even uh, Norton. And when he punched him in the ear. Not planned. And Brad really got hit. And that reaction you see from Pitt is real. It's uh, reactionary. And I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Brad's ear really was hurting him. Rubber glove scene. (laughs) Do you remember this? I just can't that scene, man, I I guess it was Pitt's idea <laughs> to use the glove, <laughs> the yellow glove, like a, a glove you use to clean things, <laughs> like ammonia, uh, whatever. And Pitt decided it would be fun to use that glove in the sex scene. Weird. And the people watching it at Dailies were scratching their heads and disgusted about that scene. Said, we don't like this. This is weird. It's too out there. Don't keep it in. David Fincher, the director of this, he liked it. He left it in. And you're watching the movie. And he's got a, What is he doing with that glove? Brad. Brad. <laughs> what do you uh, do sexually, buddy? Guess he uses gloves. Kinky. There's a Rosie O'Donnell story. K 
connected with Fight Club. Rosie O'Donnell had her own show, of course, back in the 90s. Very successful. It's like a daytime talk show. And before this movie came out, she viewed it. I guess these stars can do that. They got connections and she saw Fight Club before it came out. And she expressed her disdain for it. She thought it was disgusting and horrible. And she gave away the ending. Uh, Pitt and Norton and Fincher were very, and I mean very, unhappy with Rosie O'Donnell. And they should be. And they were. She gave away the ending. She was so pissed about not liking the movie that she was a spoiler, so to speak. That's so wrong on a lot of levels. Who does Rosie O'Donnell think she is to do that? She knows how the game's played. And it goes to show you how much she thought of herself. Am I right? Shame on her for doing that. I mean, she had a big audience. So she spoiled that ending for a lot of people. Now, she didn't, of course, spoil it for everybody. I never watched it around, uh, that show. so I, It didn't spoil it for me. Guys, Brad, Ed, Dave... <laughs> It's okay. When I sat my ass down in New York City and watched this movie for the first time, I was blown away by that ending. Or the, you know, the twist. Was that good or what? Flight Club. Eh, great stuff. Good. A couple other films that Brad did at this time. Snatch. I like his accent in this one. Can't understand a fucking word he says. But I think that was the point. The Mexican is good. If you've never seen The Mexican. It's on providers. It's a gem. I think you'd like it. Spy game. It's okay. It's alright. His friend's appearance. When he was on Friends. One of the many cameos that Friends had. uh, Brad Pitt was one of them. And in my opinion... His character and friends, that cameo appearance in the 90s. Or was it? It might have been after that. Is one of my favorites of all time on that show. When he's making fun of Jennifer Aniston. They were probably dating at the time and made it more comfortable. And it was so great. Don't you love Brad Pitt's acting? And I mean, love it? Um. Might as well talk about this now. He likes to eat while he acts. I might have mentioned that in the first episode. If I did, sorry, I'm bringing it up again. He likes to eat when he acts. It works. I like it. Good for him. I've seen this like a thing now too. Where it's like a funny thing they do. This A clip they play on his IMDB page. Is a clip of him eating through some of his uh, projects. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 2005. Angelina Jolie. And of course, the tabloids explode. Mr. Pitt and Miss Jolie. Get it on. Oh, and thank God they did. Folks, I really don't give a shit about Hollywood couples. God, a lot of people do. They love it. 
What did they call them? Bradgelina? Oh my god, Brad. God. <laughs> I'm sure that bugged the shit out of him. The movie itself, Mr. and Mrs. Smith 2005, is fine. They work well together. And uh, Jolie's gifted. And he falls for her. Not a big surprise. I want to point out that they do a lot of great humanitarian work together. Uh, they did great things for New Orleans as well. And Brad Pitt has a, a really soft spot in his heart for New Orleans. His favorite football team is the Saints. And he loves the city. I forgot to mention Ocean's Eleven. I love the movie. He eats a lot in it. <laughs> he eats a lot. Eating, eating, and Brad go together well in Ocean's Eleven. I guess the shoot was easy. It was, it was just a nice ride, they said. Clooney, George, loves Pitt. They get along very well and play jokes on one another. The next film I want to talk about. The Assassination of Jesse James in 2007. This is a very highly touted film. And I went into it. And I was disappointed. <laughs> I really was. And I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me. Uh, I was actually uh, so disappointed. I was going to turn it off. But I stuck with it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great actors in this movie. Sam Rockwell is one of my favorites. Um, Sam Shepard's in it for a bit. I think Sam Shepard and Brad Pitt are close. And I don't know, Jeremy Renner. He's a great, fine actor. I, they, I don't think... I don't know. The story itself, I guess, is very accurate. So maybe I just didn't like Jesse James' story. Brad Pitt did. Um, he, this was a very personal film for Pitt. He produced it. And he was very proud of it. He loved to do it. It looks like it too. I liked his performance. But overall the movie. I just didn't like it. I'll never watch it again. And I want to note. I know right. I'm so, I just never will. There's no point to really. I want to mention Casey Affleck's acting in this. And how I feel about Casey Affleck in general. I don't care for his acting right now. Maybe he's so far and beyond. Okay. His acting ability. I don't see it yet. No. That's not it. I just don't like Casey Affleck's acting. He's very. Just blah. To me. I liked his performance. In Goodwill Hunting. And that's the only performance of his I like. Well he's involved with the Phoenixes now. So I'm sure they pulled a few th strings. And his brother of course is in the business. Uh, you know I don't know. How do you feel about Casey Affleck and his acting? Are you blown away by it? I'm not. Uh, Sam Rockwell didn't want to do the movie. Pitt had to convince him. And there you go. I mentioned also this is uh, Brad's personal favorite movie. This one I loved. The next one on my list. I mean, Jesse James, whatever. Burn After Reading? Yes, sir. 
I could watch that three times a year. Story's good. The characters are fantastic. The acting in it is phenomenal. I love movies like Burn After Reading. Pitt plays something that you don't see in other projects he does. He plays an airhead and he does it well. The costume designer of this film says Brad Pitt is so handsome that he even looks good in cheap suits. And they had to make him look sort of not attractive. A dork. And she said that was hard to do. She got to think outside the box here. And that's what she did. She gave him goofy ties. And uh, tailored his suits so they didn't fit him well. And that was the best she could do. This is my personal favorite Brad Pitt role. Character. Performance. I love it. I love it. I respected Pitt, of course. Um, and for some reason, I'm very upset with myself right now. Extremely upset. How did I miss 12 Monkeys? Is it even on my list? Wow. Wow. It wasn't on my list, folks. 12 Monkeys. He was Oscar nominated. I sat in the theater watching it. And I said he was going to be nominated from my seat back then. And he was. He didn't win. He got the Golden Globe. Uh, my buddy doesn't like this uh, performance. He says anybody can do it. I disagree. <laughs> Brad Pitt was uh, top notch as an actor goes in 12 Monkeys. I didn't mention 12 Monkeys. One of my favorites of Pitt because... And I'm going over his resume. And I'm blown away by it. He's done a lot of great work. He had some misses and he knew it. I think he knew when a project wasn't going well. And unfortunately... He just can't fake it. And projects like Interview with a Vampire, you could see it. Brad can't fake it. If he's comfortable in something, look out. He's going to kick its ass. But when he's not comfortable, unfortunately, he's going to walk through it. So most of the time, he's very happy because he gives great performances most of the time. Benjamin Button. 2008, five hours of makeup every day. (laughs) This project has been kicked around a lot. Back in the day, it's a project that has been around for decades, I guess. 70s and 80s, they wanted to do this. It finally was done. Uh, This is Pitt's third movie with David Fincher. And the looks that Mr. Pitt as an actor gives... When the kids are playing outside. If you know of this movie. He plays. A person. That goes backwards in age. He starts off as an old man. And and of course. Goes all the way to a baby. So he's a kid. In an old man. Exterior. And he's standing at the door. With his old man face. Looking outside at kids playing. And because he's old, right, he, he can't go out and play. The look in his eyes, and this is what I'm talking about. This is the actor's room. My name's Jeff. And the reason why I do this show 
is because sometimes I am blown away, man, by just a look an actor gives, a moment that he allows us to see and able to do. These things are not easy, but for someone like Brad Pitt, the pretty boy, he knows how to act and act he does well. Just that look he gave. Looking out that front door, I believe. As he's watching kids play outside. He wants to so badly go out there and play. But he can't. And you see it in his eyes. Look at this movie. Look at that moment. And you can see, his, you can, you can see everything in his eyes. That's when you know they're a great one. Brad Pitt's a great one. Inglorious Bastards. Quentin Tarantino flick. Another true romance connection because of Tarantino. Pitt didn't want to do this movie. Didn't want it. Tarantino said, please. <laughs> Brad said, uh, no. Tarantino said, let me take you out, Brad. I'm going to wine and dine you, Brad. Brad was fine with that. They went through five bottles of wine. And then a drunken pit said, all right. (laughs) Uh, I guess Brad has a winery. He's got his own wine. And they sampled a few bottles that night. Five bottles. Next is Moneyball. One of his best performances. Brad produced it. It's a baseball movie. And I fucking love it. Sorry for my language. I'm trying to get better folks. I get so excited. <laughs> that I swear. It comes out of me. That's the way I was raised. Uh, my family swears. Eh, call us dirty. Call us whatever you want. It's the passion. And guess what? It's just a word. But Moneyball. Moneyball. He's so laid back in his character. Do you see it? He's so comfortable with everything around him. All of his co-stars, his other players in this, this journey. And he's laid back. He's so into his craft. It means a lot to Brad. And him being so comfortable as an actor allows these beautiful moments to happen. And it's almost like it's so easy for him. He makes it look that easy. He's becoming a master in his craft. Killing Them Softly is next. This displays more cockiness with his acting. You see it in this one too? This one's the next project. Oh boy. It's a very personal film, not only for Brad, but for his wife at the time, Angelina Jolie. The movie is called By the Sea. Jolie wrote it. She directed it. And of course, she stars alongside her husband at the time, Mr. Pitt. The movie being filmed happens on their honeymoon. And I go, wait a minute. What? 
It was filmed during Pitts and Jolie's honeymoon. Okay. They like to work and play. Got to talk about this one. Not too many people have seen it. It's not for everyone. It's a movie about relationship. More specifically, Jolie and Pitt's relationship. I think you see a lot of truth in this movie. You see a lot of truth about who Brad is. And Jolie. Might as well talk about Brad's drinking. He was drinking at this time pretty hardcore. Brad Pitt has said, There hasn't been many days since he was in college that he's been sober. Either he's been drinking that day or smoking marijuana. Friends and co-workers state they can't believe how much he drinks. Brad says he's a professional drinker or was. He can drink any Russian under the table, he says. A co-worker said that any other human being would die of alcohol poisoning just watching drink just watching Pitt drink. I think it's pretty safe to say Brad Pitt was a pretty good drinker. And like he said, a professional drinker. He quit after an incident happened on a plane, a private jet. Brad was with his family on a jet and he got into an argument with one of his sons. It was so bad, Jolie divorced him after that. He was drunk at the time and he hasn't touched it since. I think Brad has been sober now and I would love to give a year. Um, It's pretty recent. I want to say he's been sober for about five years. I don't know how much damage he's done to himself. He looks fine. He just, he's just one of those people, right? I was shocked by it. I was shocked by how much he drank. I didn't know that about him. It doesn't look that way to me. I was surprised by it. Um, and he's done with it now. I think when an incident like that happens where, uh, it was so bad, your wife says goodbye and he still isn't talking to his son to this day. It was that bad. So a little insight on Brad Pitt personally and a few things he's done, (laughs) not favorable, but you know, he's a human being. And he dealt with his issues with alcohol and weed. Lots of it. Lots of it. On a side note. I like to drink too. Um, But these people that drink all day. Wow. I mean. Like they could do it and function. I guess Brad was one of those people. And I wonder how hard it was for him to stop. Because he just stopped. He went to AA. It helped him a lot. And he's doing well now. He's sober. He doesn't drink or smoke at all. He will smoke cigarettes, of course. He's still a big smoker. Um, But he does not drink at all anymore. 
Before I wrap up by the sea, I get a few other notes about it. You see the insecurity aspect of Angelina Jolie. Uh, their sex voyeur uh, kinkiness is in this movie. They watch uh, another couple having sex. I guess they're into that. If this is a personal film, hey, I think it's so brave to put all of that on the table. Uh, this was going to be her goodbye piece. Jolie says after this film that this was going to be her last feature film. Of course, it's not. But at the time, she felt that way. This film was so personal for her. And she revealed so much that she felt that that was just going to be it. You should see it. And it's it's hard. These kind of movies are hard to come by. And uh, them, not only as actors, but just people putting themselves out there like that for us to see it. Brad Pitt and Jolie did that in 2015. They showed their true self to the world. And I give them props for that. Not easy. Very brave. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is amazing. I dedicated a whole episode to it in the past. If you want to listen to that one. I'm not really proud of that one. I don't think it did a very good job. I hope you liked it if you listened to it. Give a listen to it. <laughs> I think I could have done a better job. I'm not. Sometimes I find I'm not very good at highlighting movies. Maybe because I don't do them enough. I'm just not great at it. Pitt is uh, perfect in this role. Another Tarantino connection. And he wins an Oscar. Deserved it. Uh, He came up all the way to this and got the Oscar. And he also has an Oscar for his producing in 12 Years a Slave. A very underrated film. Let's go ahead and note 63 credits in producing. If you didn't know that Brad Pitt is a producer, you do now. 63 credits. Here's a few of those credits. The Departed. Did you know that Brad Pitt produced The Departed? I didn't. What a great movie. The Assassination of Jesse James. Time Traveler's Wife, The Tree of Life, phenomenal movie, Moneyball, he produced, World War Z, 12 Years a Slave, got him an Oscar, By the Sea, with his wife, Jolie at the time, and War Machine. Mr. Pitt, part two, done. I love talking about Brad. I was back and forth with him. I did the same thing with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, There were a lot of more issues with Depp than Pitt. I think I just like Pitt more as a person. I think. I think Brad's just a better person. Although Depp has been through more, maybe. I don't know. There's something about these people. And why I find them so fascinating. Finding out about what happens to them offset. The drinking Brad did in his past. And how much he did. He loved whiskey, I guess. I love whiskey. <laughs> how much did you drink, Brad? I would. I, lo- I try to find out how much he would put away in one day. 
There's some of these people, like Gary Oldman and Charlie Sheen. They would polish off two, three bottles of vodka. No big deal. How the hell can you function when you do that? Brad, how many bottles did you go through a day? Was it just one? And one is enough. One is enough for anybody. God. How do you wake up in the morning and not feel like garbage? Man, I had a couple last night and I woke up just feeling, you know, you get that taste in your mouth and you're just, I was sluggish. I got my first vaccination today. Folks, I'm on the list. I caved in. I did it. I was one of those people I wanted to give the vaccine some time. It's it's been a while. People have been getting vaccinated. And I decided I went in today, this morning, bright and early, and got my shot. I haven't got a shot in a long time. My arm, my left arm, it's not even sore yet. That was this morning. It's now about four o'clock in the evening. My arm is doing just fine. I'm even hitting it right now. We're good. We're good. I'm loaded with COVID. Look out. (coughs) Get out. Out, Satan. I got COVID flying through my body right now. I'm all charged up. Talking about Brad Pitt. Talking about COVID. Talking about alcohol and weed. Brad, how much did you smoke, bro? Huh? How much were you smoking back then? I guess Brad said he smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> He's lighting it up every day. Getting lost in the haze. So you know what that tells me? This guy had issues. He was numbing himself. What happened, Brad? <laughs> Is it just the stress of it all? You know? He's kind of a perfectionist. So, you know... Artistically, when you're gone, when you're high, uh, you attain more uh, just by uh, thinking outside the box. I get it. I mean, I do get it. Okay. When you're high, you're definitely uh, a little more, you know, relaxed and uh, able to sort of open the portals. And I think Brad liked that. That aspect of it, I think, was something he enjoyed. Plus, just being high. And just like others, in Brad being that person, he reached a point and a wake-up call happened. Uh, something happened so bad, he just stopped. So congratulations to Mr. Pitt. He's sober and will go on to give us incredible performances. He ain't done. No way in hell. He's in his 50s? Fucking forget about it. This guy's going to be Banging it out. Do it, Brad. Bradley. His real name is William. (laughs) I didn't mention that. I'm mentioning it now. Brad is his middle name. His real name is William Bradley Pitt. And he's the fourth, I believe. His dad is the third. William. Next time you see Brad, be like, hey, Bill, how you doing? And see how confused he looks. What the did you just call me? Coach Bill. Bill, right? Bill? He didn't like Bill. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going with the middle name, Brad. Put in a Brad Pitt movie tonight. 
Did you learn something about Brad? That you can tell your friends and family about? Be like, did you know this about Brad? And you list the fact that he would drink a lot. And watch people go, really? He was a drinker? I didn't know that. He smoked a lot of weed? That's these Hollywood people. That's nothing. It, that guess that's true. <laughs> that's nothing. These people, they party. Oh, they get together and have five bottles of wine. Right, Brad and Quentin? I would be passed the F out with a headache for five days. Five bottles of wine equals five days of head-pounding gloriness. Are you kidding me? I guess I'm a lightweight. I'm a lightweight. Could you do that? Can you polish off five bottles? I know I couldn't do it. These people are machines. They've got to be on other things as well. I'm sure they're doing a little bit of this. Right, Quentin? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Actors Room. Sometimes I get a little nutty. I, I do that in my show. I hope you like that aspect. I speak my mind. Something's bothering me. Guess what? I might talk about it. And I'm going to next week. We're going to take a little detour from the Actors Room and talking about actors. Something has been bothering me. I watched a show called Dirty John. In this one, I guess they're in their second season. They're talking about the Barbara Broderick story. I didn't know about this story. Well, now I do. And boy, I'm all revved up about it. I'm riled up. I can't wait to talk about that story. You're not going to like me. Most people are not going to like me, in my opinion. It blows me away. My mind sometimes is blown out of the water. It's like, am I on earth? Am I walking among other earthlings? Do these people walk in the same reality that I walk on? And then I think to myself, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think I am walking on the same plane. I'm on another plane, I guess. Because a lot of you out there are going to hopefully listen next week and not like me. Or maybe you will. Maybe there's more of me out there than I think. I'm going to find out, though. Uh, my documentaries that I do or shows that concern stories of this nature, they get a lot of views. And then I get comments. Uh, a lot of bad ones because uh, my opinions are not very popular. Good Lord. I find that some people are soft at times. In today's society, when they shouldn't be, (laughs) and they're really rough and hard in times they shouldn't be. It's all upside down. Like right now, I feel like I'm living in an upside down world. And before I let you go, if you haven't turned off the show yet and you're still listening to me, just go on about my show (laughs) and topics involved or surrounding it. My life. I got to talk about this, and this is also a very unpopular opinion. I've been watching the Olympics. I think they're great. There's people boycotting them. I get it. You don't want to watch the Olympics? Fine. I don't care about that. It's a free country. But I have an issue with 
Simone Biles bowing out. And I get that what she's doing is dangerous. I get that. I mean, I don't know how these these girls, these talented, driven, phenomenal athletes, they are phenomenal. I don't I don't know how they do it. God bless them. I I can't say enough about it. There aren't words. <laughs> uh, that's why we watch the Olympics. We're blown away by the the talent, the the, the drive and all that stuff. Her uh, bowing out, uh, I like to call it quitting, folks. I know. And she quit on her team. Uh, it's not like she's playing t-ball as a you know eight-year-old. And she's not mentally stable that day. Um, I don't, of course, I, w- I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um... But she quit on her team. And that's sad. And you don't really hear anybody bringing that up. All they're talking about is her mental well-being. And for that, I understand. But no one's bringing up the fact that she quit. And I don't like that. If she felt she couldn't do what she was doing, she should have told them beforehand. They were counting on her. She should be... Uh, elevated in her motivation, her focus, and her competitiveness. I don't know. Call me an asshole. But there you go. <laughs> I know there's probably people going, I ain't listening to this son of a bitch. Don't be dogging on uh, Simone Biles. I am. I don't like that uh, she's getting a pass. Folks, she's getting a pass. A big time pass for quitting on her team. She's an Olympic champion, folks. She couldn't handle the pressure. She folded and she folded in a big way. You can't deny that. I'm speaking truth here. And people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. You know, truth I hope she's fine. You know, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The mental health thing, I get it. Uh, She wasn't mentally strong enough. What is that? That's the whole point of being an Olympic champion. I get she's human, but these, uh, they're almost superhuman, you know? That's the way we see them. You know, they're doing things that normal people can't do. Think of the people she let down. She has. We don't want to talk about that either, though. No, we don't do that. Not in today's world. We're getting soft. We're like cushions now. Oh, my God. Her feelings. She's not feeling good today. Oh, my God. We're losing toughness. We got to get a little tougher. All right. All right. (laughs) I'm probably going to cut that shit out. Thank you for listening to the Actors Room. I got to get the hell out of here. My little room, it's getting warm in here. I'm sweating. Woo! Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Brad Pitt episode done. Hope you enjoyed it. Watch a movie tonight. Watch a Brad Pitt movie. One I would recommend. 
gosh, if you've never seen, let's see. I'm sure everybody's seen Fight Club, of course. <laughs> if you're listening to this, yeah. Uh, see Burn After Reading. That's the first one, if you've never seen. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, the one that he's in with Jolie. That's a very personal one. You should see that too. By the Sea. I recommend those. Okay. Uh, some of his earlier work is interesting too. Across the Tracks with Ricky Schroeder. It's watchable. And he is so young in that. <laughs> Thin, young, just a little awkward. You know, I like it. I like it. So tune in next week as I, I am sure I will piss a lot of people off. So tune in. May God bless you. Have a good one.